0: The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts. We advise you to go out and think for yourself.
1: Hello and welcome to Clayera Conversations on Shinto. Episode 8, A Change of Weather. This is a podcast where two friends and fellow practitioners of Shinto in the Anglosphere, that's the English-speaking world, talk about their faith, its cultural, historical, and other contexts, and try to bring knowledge and community to others. As ever, I'm Nairi.
0: And as ever, I'm tired. (laughs) Uh. Aren't we all? Hey, Doc, we're doc where the hell have we been
1: where have where haven't we been i think might be a more uh a, a useful question at this juncture um mm. you and i have been you and i have been all over the map and not on the podcast feed
0: yep oh my heck uh well in some housekeeping news on that end uh I'm getting published twice. Nairi is getting Yay! published thrice. And that's all this year, everyone. <laughs> yes. Oh, heaven above. So, uh, the first one that I want to talk about is one of the two anthologies that Nairi and I are both going to be involved in. It's called Empty Spaces. It's currently mm-hmm. on pre-order at Sapphic Suites. We'll make sure to leave a link in the description for this episode. Uh, yep. It is content-worn to and back mm-hmm. for good reason. Like, please, please don't ignore that. Yes. You'll find me under the uh, pen name of F. Zoe Blackheart. And, Doc, what, what pen name will they find you under there on that one? They will
1: find me under the pen name of River M59A1, which is mm. the also the name of the character in both the stories that appear in the anthology, but also in my upcoming novel.
0: What is the name of that novel, Doc?
1: The novel is in English Confluence, a person shaped story, and in Japanese Goryu Ningyoki. It's written from the same I'll call it raw material, I guess, that uh, that my contributions to the anthology came from. Zoe and I are both part of The Empty Spaces scene, and we uh, have written quite a bit over the past year. And yeah, my press had to get another book out this year, and the book that they had hoped to get out, they were not able to get out for circumstances because of circumstances that I'm not going to get into here. But they asked me, you know, aren't you writing this? You know, this this series of short interconnected short stories how many words do you have? Can we have it? And I said, yeah, sure. So that became Confluence the novel. It's set in a real-world adjacent uh, Miyagi prefecture in the present day. Uh, It features cybernetic beings, be they transhuman or all-synthetic, that are called dolls, ningyo or kokeshi in Japanese. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Well, kokeshi in a specific... Yes, or, in a specific place, yeah, yeah.
1: in in Miyagi, mm-hmm. yeah. But it follows River M59A1, who is an Armenian-American uh, trans lesbian who remakes herself as a combat doll uh, in order to be of better use to her spouse, Dr. Isawa Kasu, who heads Santaku Dynamics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's sort of a story of uh, intrigue and action, but also... Uh, measure of introspection of, you know, what is truly important? What is, you know, when, when you face long odds, particularly when you face long odds as someone who, someone who benefits from a measure of privilege, but wants to agitate for people who, who do not have that privilege. What is a more constructive way of putting that to work rather than simply leaping in and thinking that you can solve everything? You know, if you throw enough money at it, the problem will go away. Because that's not how it works. Not at, not in this story and not in real life. Mm-hmm. It's the most visceral thing I've ever written, and I think it shows.
0: Yeah, it does. Uh,
1: it actually features a measure of, of just sort of the lived experience of doing, you can't see me doing the air quotes, doing Shinto uh, in the day to day, so that might be of interest to listeners of the podcast as well. But let's bring ourselves back to topic here.
0: Well, we still have that one last one, the other anthology, which is, well, wait, we can't discuss that one yet, can we? Not yet. Got it. Not yet. It hmm. coming. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It's
1: coming, but but uh, not yet. Yeah. Soon.
0: Th- soon. Very soon. Keep your eyes on mm-hmm. our. Keep your eyes on not only the clay, era, uh, bleh, clay era account. But also the, our personal accounts and everything, too. Yes. Oh, I'll tell you something, though. We're,
1: we're out of practice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Doesn't show. But I'll tell you something, though, Nairie. Uh I woke up this morning, and there was fog again. Mm. And let me tell you, how much do I love a good bit of fog?
1: Mm. The seasons are changing. hmm
0: And that actually brings us to the uh, topic here, change of weather
1: yes yes
0: and well a while back like a long while back we ended up asking you the uh, our viewers viewers Listen, listeners there we go listeners
1: yeah, what, there you
0: go. <laughs> like we said a little out of practice what what <laughs> um weather phenomena makes you feel in awe of nature and everything and again that ties back to Shinto. With uh, big nature energy, and we had a lot of yep. different responses on that and everything, most of which has been buried under our account messages here.
1: Yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a bit of an eventful summer.
0: Mm-hmm. But now here we are in autumn, and mm-hmm. uh, well, there are like about two really big festivals that happen to mark the change. I want to say. Yep. And the first one, I I. Personally, don't have much stake in. If I'm gonna be honest, doc I'm, I'm more of a, I celebrate Day of the Dead, but, I know Obon is a big thing. Yes. And, I'm wondering if you're willing to give me a bit of a rundown on it.
1: Well, Obon, Obon is observed at different times depending on where in Japan that you are. But loose rule of thumb is mid-August by the Western calendar, and it it's the stretch of three days. Where the spirits of the ancestors uh, return to the human world, and you know they come and visit, and so you know you set out offerings, and you know you welcome them. There's dances, there's music, there's actually a there's a particular um, type of song and dance, particularly for this time of year, called the Obon dance, Bon Odori. And there's, there's the Soma Bon Odori or the uh, the, the niigata bon odori every every region has its own
0: and i'm assuming when you say this season i'm assuming like tail end of summer into fall uh, august thing right Got it. yes
1: yes and so that's all bon and you know it's more recently for me i have also tried to take it as an opportunity to uh reflect on my ancestors to make offerings to
0: remember where you came from
1: to remember where I exactly to remember where I came from. They wouldn't have observed a of course, but it's been part of it's been part of my personal journey of making peace with my you know, with the with the with the weight with the baggage of my of my roots. Mm-hmm. This is a similar uh, headspace and mentality that uh, that's that's also produced the writing that became Confluence. You know, there's similar questions I was asking there. Oh yeah. It's this question of, you know, how do I, who are, you know, as a person who's in exile like twice over because of religion and because of queerness, how do I honor the ancestors and do it well, uh, despite that?
0: And, I mean, this, this sounds like a big reason why I ended up like, as again, like a white passing Mexican here. Well, white passing, yeah, no, white passing Mexican. end up celebrating like Day of the Dead. Because I, a lot of my family hasn't celebrated it. Going back to my great-grandpa on my dad's side. It's, it, it hasn't been celebrated since my uh, great-grandma ended up marrying him. And, well, she died and he had some, a bit of an emotional break from that and everything. But for me, it's trying to reconnect to that heritage that I have been lost to. And so I still bring out the pictures of the ancestors. I bring out the the table to set up a small ofrenda. I bring out the... I'm trying to remember the flowers now. Marigolds? Oh boy. Like I said, I'm still practicing at this here, folks, and everything. But I bring out that. I I light incense. I bring out my my ancestors' favorite foods. And I pray. I say, hey, I hope you're well. If you're filling up for a visit, come on down. And it's been very nice. And (laughs) it's kind of come to the point where, like, another one of my uh, friends, Carmela, who you've probably seen in the live chat when we did the uh, Clara episode live. Uh uh, She and I have talked about this, and I was just like, man, I, I celebrate like a Buddhist. Is that okay? And she's like, so I have some cousins who celebrate like a Buddhist, too. They're Buddhist and i'm catholic who cares and it's just kind of that trying to connect back to your family trying to con- connect back to your ancestors trying to connect back to where you came from <clears throat> yeah and there's again singing music dancing face paint a lot of face paint but that's that's more towards the end of october here and yeah i i kind of am, am amazed at the parallels between opon and day of the dead but They are different things. Yes. And that's also another reason why I don't celebrate Oban, because it's, I have my own thing there that I feel a call to and a responsibility to because of my great-grandma. But, moving from August and winding back from October, September rolls around, right? Yes. And... A lot of times in September, especially with my family, it was always, hey, back to school season, because, oh, hey, teacher's kid. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> Labor Day, all that jazz and everything, but with regards to Shinto, there is a Tsukimi, yeah? Yeah, moon viewing. Mm-hmm. And that's a Harvest Moon Festival, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's the Japanese development variation you know call it what you will on the mid-autumn festival which is a broader east asian observance
0: Mm -hmm. and well the the part that i generally remember the most is uh going out taking a look at the harvest moon writing poetry getting a little bit drunk Mm -hmm. because poetry and drink can go well together folks but Uh, (sighs) there's there's more to it than that than everything and again, I'm deferring to you because you have been practicing until longer than I have.
1: It's in the broader East Asian observance. You have things like mooncakes and so on. Mm. Um, in contemporary Japan, you know, there's there's stuff that in recent years has become a fixture. You know, I I, I remember when I got there, it was right before Otsukimi and. I had a friend who really, really, really wanted me to go to McDonald's, and I, I just kept telling her like, no, no, I didn't come halfway around the world to eat at fucking McDonald's, but, um, but uh, uh, apparently McDonald's does an Otsukimi burger,
0: Wait, and that's really? like
1: become an yeah, that's become an Otsukimi fixture for some particularly younger folk in Japan. Um, yeah, that's like that's wild to me. Yeah, you know, that we have you know contemporary Western burger chain is also getting involved in otsukimi
0: i mean market to the audience i suppose like yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to do like a fried chicken episode and come christmas oh
1: man yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite
1: shinto but still worth mentioning
0: oh absolutely it's also generally how i celebrate christmas anyway these days but yeah like we a, a chinese-american friend of ours and not naming names, because we don't want to dox her. hmm Is... Is probably one of the most delightful... One of the more delightful people to talk to. Ended up showing us a, uh... Mooncake Beef Wellington. Oh, man. The Mooncake Beef Wellington. <laughs> it was such a weird thing, but it, like... This makes perfect sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, again... Kind of you know... want to try it. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh yeah no yeah, yeah leaning more towards like chinese cooking and everything i i have opinions about english cooking i am not gonna say it <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway but like we were talking like a lot about the historical context on how this festival came over to japan and everything here and well a lot of like the sake and everything here and the dongle the there's a specific name for the dango. I can't remember what it is, but it's a pure white one, you know?
1: Uh, is that the... I forget. Is that the Mitarashi dango?
0: I think so? I'm not entirely sure. But, like, a lot of that is offered up to Tsukiyomi no Mikoto.
1: It's specifically Tsukimi dango, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tsukimi dango. Got it. But, again, offered to uh, Tsukiyomi no Mikoto. And, uh, a lot of it is for an abundant harvest. A lot of it is for success and that's again hey pagan listeners if you are hearing this and you're thinking hey this sounds like a harvest festival it is yeah
1: and interestingly now, now that you, now that you mentioned it and sort of got the gears turning so i understand tsukimi dungo are the japanese derivation of mooncakes. really yeah huh. it's like it's heian aristocrats doing their approximation of a moon cake
0: well again make what you can with what you have and everything here like there was this um video i saw on youtube and everything here talking about authenticity and cooking is overrated and i'm inclined to agree like a lot of what is considered italian cuisine in america is italian immigrants making do with what they can get and yeah yeah exactly I'll, and i'll be honest i don't mind some days breaking out the uh pecorino romano and just like go into town making a cacio e pepe but real talk spaghetti and meatballs is still italian it's just italian american
1: i mean my people did that with tahini you mm -hmm. know back when tahini was not easily accessible they would make the same stuff but they'd make it with peanut butter so you there's such a thing as in in armenian american cuisine there's peanut butter chodek even though you can you can you can find tahini reasonably easily now in the US. But like I grew up with peanut butter chudok and that's that's valid. That's you know, that's okay.
0: Exactly. Like why shouldn't sukimi dongo be the substitute for mooncakes?
1: Yeah. Not to mention if you you know if you're gonna and I worry this this is something Just to briefly sidebar here, I worry that this is something that I see in some of the circles that you and I run in, people fixated on exactly correct, exactly proper, no room for variation or improvisation driven by exigency, you know? Oh,
0: yeah. And
1: And they get hung up on that. Mm -hmm. And what you wind up with, like, to go back to cuisine, you wind up with the no true Scotsman fallacy.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, no... No true Scotsman. Dot dot dot, and it can it can run away with itself, and we'd be here till the cows come home. Now there is stuff that's driven by need. There's stuff that's driven by opinion. There's stuff that's driven by time and climate. You know, really, we're not gonna. We're you know, it's the intention ultimately. As as Zoe and I have often have often said on this podcast, it's the intention that matters the most. And beyond that, as long as you make your best effort, the gods will
0: understand. Yeah, and I further on that same note here. A lot of times when we are talking about harmony with nature and harmony with oneself, that means living sustainably. Exactly. It's perfectly fine to make do with whatever rice you can grow in the area and pounding it into its own kind of rice flour to make dongle. I don't think there's going to be much of an issue with that or anything. It's just going to taste a bit different than what is normally acceptable. Well. Yeah. normally available i guess yeah and i'm blessed because i'm in a place where i can just go out and buy rice flour and everything and that's becoming more and more common these days but i can tell you if i was out in oklahoma that would be a different story
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and so now moving on from tsukimi which tends to land in like mid-september to early august kind of area there right Wait, early early october wow
1: yeah, it's sort of it's a little bit variable, but it's it's like mid to late September.
0: And and actually, why is that, Doc?
1: Uh, my recollection is because it was uh, because it's it's a lunar uh, observance rather mm-hmm. than a lunisolar observance. Exactly. Yeah, it's the same with Obon, and that's actually you know if you go a little bit further back to to Tanabata, this is also why Tanabata is seven seven, and in most places in Japan, that's now July seventh but some places like Sendai still observe it at the beginning of August yep because that's how you translate the date that's how you do it you, you convert the date
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: from mm-hmm. the lunar into the moon is solar but yeah uh, Tanabata or no um, uh, uh, Obon and Otsukimi and I think a couple other some of the other like major ones that that will vary depending on depending on the calendar for a given year um, the joy of working between calendars.
0: Uh-huh. And also when sudden shifts in political context happened. Mm-hmm. We're just going to leave that like there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. And that brings us into October. And yep. I've already talked about my my reasoning for going with Day of the Dead over October, but there is something else happening around this month. The
1: entire month, as a matter of fact.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It... To quote, we're not going to sing it because we don't want to get copyright struck, but to quote the Tom White song, God's Away on Business.
0: Yep. Well, unless you're in Izumo.
1: Unless you're in Izumo. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Kanazuki here. God's Away on Business. Kanazuki,
1: yeah. God's Away on Business, as the Tom Waits song goes.
0: Which is a good song, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, it's a good song. It's Kanazuki everywhere in Japan, except Izumo, which is now Shimane Prefecture. It's in western Honshu. Mm-hmm. and the various kami of the realm all uh gather up and they go to uh izumo grand shrine for a yearly uh conference and business meeting. sort of a business meeting mm-hmm. they compare notes about matches uh like among humans in the year ahead you know i always i always imagine like Doing the power the, the kami of a particular shrine, doing a PowerPoint presentation in the you know in the giant uh, lecture hall, and you got the attendees going.
0: Probably a few were asleep.
1: Probably a few were asleep. There's one kami. Speaking of sleep, there's one kami-sama who does not go to Izumo.
0: Oh, which kami-sama is that?
1: That is Ebisu-sama. who was one of the first kami ever, according to the Kojiki. He can't hear the invitation, so he gets an exemption you know he's out there still doing his thing with his fishing pole and such uh so he gets an exemption but everybody else has to go to izumo unless you're in izumo already in which case like in shimane to this day it's called kami arizuki the month with gods Mm -hmm. they're all there
0: and now i'm just imagining like Ebisu. isn't he the fisherman yes i'm just imagining him just with the fishing rod out on the pier it's been awfully quiet lately. Nice. <laughs> uh, he's the
1: one. He's the one whose name used to be written with the with the hiragana, the the like the old school, the ye. Mm. And in the beer, it's still spelled that way. Oh yeah. So you know, he's. I'm just like imagining like if you were to do this in manga style, he's just sitting there with his fishing pole, and then kind of smiles and then you know in like a big calligraphy yeah next to him
0: yeah (laughs) okay that's kind of hilarious or if you want to or
1: if or if you took the approach of the you know puts on sunglasses
0: yeah. oh god like what are some of like the implications of that you know
1: Oh, um, there's different takes on this that I've heard. It's actually, it's actually quite interesting. It's, uh, this gets into stuff where, you know, the old uh, chestnut about, uh, uh, Shinto doesn't have theology is not quite true because I've heard so many different takes on what happens in Kanazuki. Well, <laughs> there's, well, one of them is that, you know, there's this question of, okay, say I go to a shrine during Kanazuki. Is anybody there to hear me?
0: <laughs> God, given how I've been praying lately for any looks on a job lead, that's that's been on my mind.
1: It's you know, and some people will say, Well, you know, no, they're away on business. You know, it's like it's not they're not it's not that they've abandoned you, it's just like, you know, they got the they got the answering machine, right? Mm-hmm. They've got the, the divine answering machine. Like the way I like to imagine it is the is like along the lines of a different take, which is that the the Kamisama's sort of retainers, their retinue, their, their you know, their Otsukai, the Kenzoku, or, or what have you, Komoninu, handle the messaging.
0: Komaneko, yeah, Komainu, Komaneko, yeah.
1: etc. Uh, handle the messaging. Like, they'll run the messages to the Kamisama, mm-hmm. who's in Izumo at the time.
0: Because, I mean, it's not... I, I, I've been to conferences before for different reasons. It's not mm-hmm. always just going to business meetings all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you're drinking. <laughs> Oh heavens! There is a oh man, there is a there is a, a cybersecurity convention out in Nevada where there is a lot of drinking involved.
1: Mm-hmm. And rather in- impressive creativity with the with the discipline, if I may add.
0: Uh-huh. I if you know, you know, folks.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of the sort of the idea that I that I tend to run with is the you know they've got they've got. It's not just the kami-sama and nobody else, right? They've got a retinue. They've got people who work for them. So they'll handle your messages. And really, if you think about it like, okay, you know, you and I here in the Anglosphere, we've got our own little household altars and so on. You know, how does that work, right? Because we're not at a shrine. Mm -hmm. You know, ideally, you get your, your ofuda, your amulet from a shrine, and it's got like the a Esse- little bit of the essence of the kamisama and so like that's how it that's how it's usually explained as working but we are very 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 far away you and i from
0: mm-hmm. the
1: places of our gods and so i don't particularly worry too much about this month yeah because i figure i figure it's familiar territory
0: yeah like my only concern is again i'm frantically just going okay i need to find I I have some needs that need to be met and everything here. And it's just a bit of bad luck on my end that I have lost employment around this time of year. And so I just kind of have to recognize they're going to get back to me as soon as I can. As soon as they can and everything here. And it's going to be okay. Just relax. Maybe figure out a spooky costume. Mm -hmm. If needs be, reach out to uh, one of the partners. Um... Divinities, mm-hmm. make sure you dust the shrine. Right. I, I'm sorry. That's that's just like a courtesy thing I want to say here. Make sure it's clean, please.
1: Yeah, yeah. That is a thing. That is a thing that uh, that is important. You know, of course, like the the part of the year where you're it's most famously the clean the altar time of the year is the, right before the new year, of course. Mm. But you're not supposed to just do it at that point oh absolutely um, so, yeah, folks do if you have a kamidana, kamidana you know periodically you know uh know, yeah, take the dust and you know uh, twice a
0: month once to... a week something like that yeah. Please.
1: yeah i mean i yeah I, I learned that the hard way after after much um shall we say side-eyeing uh from on high um some time ago <laughs> um but you know, you got to do what you you know, of course we we got to do what we can with what we have But yeah, you know take care of it even even if it's in the middle of the month where the all the gods Except for one have all gone to shimane prefecture. Mm-hmm. you know try and keep good house
0: Yeah, and that's that's where we are as far as festivals go and everything but yep Let's take it a bit back from like the festivities here and bring it a little more grounded to the day-to-day and I mean, yes. Even, even this is still grounded in the day-to-day when you think about it. Yeah. But, like, yeah. we're talking about the weather, too. And I yeah. opened this with talking about the fog here out in the, uh, well, Pacific Northwest. Just uh, west of the Cascades and all that jazz. And there's nothing more glorious or awe-inspiring than the fog. And I personally mm. like the fog. I know there are a lot of people who don't. I think they're wrong. But... They have good reasons not to like the fog, because it's dangerous.
1: Yeah, it's kind of difficult to drive in.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a complicated thing when you are trying to do your day-to-day. It's just something that happens, and you have to accept that it happens. And I find that powerful. In one way, it is a way to remind myself to slow down and take it a bit easier, On the other side, it is calming. It is nice to just crack open a cold brew, sit out on the front porch, and just watch the shapes swirl in front of you. And I, and I, I like, since starting to live here in the Pacific Northwest and everything here, I can really appreciate the regularity of the fog. When I was back in Utah, back up in Ogden, there was one year where the entire city turned into silent hill and it was just glorious it was for an entire week in october i can't remember which year but it was nice it was just nice i swear to you i saw pyramid head on campus that day (laughs) but what about you doc what about what what fall weather brings you that same kind of peace
1: Mm. you know it's well, fall weather specifically fog i could point to certainly we don't get it nearly as much as you do over there it's it's a little bit complicated here because you know this is the edge of the east coast but also you know, you're not too far away from the great lakes so you're not going to have as much you're not going to have the kind of fog that you might like closer to the atlantic like in Philadelphia, where I'm from, mm-hmm. you know, and I miss that. But, you know, one of the things that really I have taken great comfort from, despite the fact that I often feel like, like in, incredibly like an outsider in this part of the state and in this part, in this part of the country, really, is there's a place, you know, in the, in the middle of nowhere, just north of the state line with Maryland called Mount Davis, way way up it's the highest place in pennsylvania hmm. and seeing the leaves change there is somehow sort of i've I found it to be moving i've found it to be meaningful and not only that but you know it's not just one kind of tree that you can see from the observation tower that's on mount davis There's there's a lot that does change, so there's a lot of maples over there. And the local, the local old, old order Mennonites
0: mm, yeah.
1: make a lot of money off of maple products, maple tapping. You know the trees have these, these tube, this tubing, that webs them. You know if you don't know what you're looking at, it's a little bit like why is everybody, why are all the trees tied up? But it's just it's a lot more efficient than tapping every tree one at a time and putting a bucket under each one. So. The, 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 there's, there's a there's a variety of there's so there's a variety of these of these trees a lot of them are in the area are maple trees but they're not all maple trees and there's this one evergreen i think it's a spruce i'm not sure but uh, i i always call it the lone pine because in the sort of the 360 degree sweep from the observation tower on mount davis there's the one very 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 tall evergreen Above the trees that are changing,
0: mm.
1: and while the change of the leaves as a marker of the change of the seasons is something that I find great awe and comfort in, somehow also the pine that's standing above them, and and is not changing, is something that I also find particularly meaningful.
0: No, so that's yeah, that makes sense. Sort of this
1: part of the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there were, there were uh, observances that my, my partner and I had attended. You know, this year, we're not going, unfortunately, not going to be able to because circumstances have intervened. Something that I always found interesting in terms of the human aspect was in that part of the state, there are these festivals. There's one in the spring and there's one in the, in the autumn that are sort of very similar to the mentality of some of the seasonal festivals that you might see at a shinto shrine you know in the spring there's the 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 myersdale maple festival uh, and it's sort of the community renewing its ties with itself and with its trees Mm -hmm. from which it gets the maple sugar and it gets its income Uh, and then in the autumn you have the springs folk festival which is again reaffirming the bond with the trees but also the community with itself and you get to have the the fresh apple cider and
0: uh, yeah
1: and and you know watch a sheep shearing and and and, uh, and it, it you know you've got the you've got the just the the rural non-mennonite folk who are primarily at the one in the spring and then you've got the primarily old order Mennonite from both sides of the Pennsylvania Maryland line who are at the Springs Folk Festival in the autumn. And it's it's just it, it it's one of the things that it has in my time now the six, have I really been here thirteen years. In my time of now thirteen years living living here, it's one of the things that's been comfortingly familiar in terms of its relationship with Daishizen with great mm. nature.
0: And one of the things that we always ended up doing around like the autumn time especially coming up towards november and everything when thanksgiving's a thing uh apart from you canadian friends you've already had yours i think i think correct me if i'm wrong
1: but i'm the nearest thing to a canadian in this in (laughs) in this episode so uh, let me take mm, a look
0: mm, mm. i i see my karma has come back to bite me in the butt (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, uh, screaming It is this
0: year. This year, it is the tenth. No, yeah, that makes sense because that would be the so second. So, as we recorded, it's still ahead. Mm-hmm. Us being recording on ten six. Anyway, yes. But we'd always end up driving through a uh, Price Canyon to visit Grandma and everything. And in the middle of the autumn, you would just see the trees aflame with changing color, colored leaves, and everything. And it's just gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I know a lot of uh, a lot of the um, queer listeners are also hyped for Halloween and everything here. And yep. A lot of autumn w- weather for that is also trying to make sure that people are still s- keeping warm. This is also why you see a lot of those costumes with some padding on them, or and whatnot. And depending where you are. It's better to get a costume with a coat. Mm Mm-hmm. But with that, a lot of this... A lot of that is also kind of on the peaceful side of things again. Awe of nature still means you have to deal with, like, the big... The big, big, big changing season storms. And Mm. sometimes there are really horrible ones that just happen out out on the coast. Yep. Like... The most recent hurricane. Elin.
1: I'm not sure. There was like two of them in rapid succession. Oh, good heavens.
0: Uh, shows how much I've been more focused on my job hunt.
1: Hurricane Ian was, the, was Ian. the second one, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's also another thing. This is hurricane season. Yep. And that's a thing that people that I would assume a lot more Floridians would look at and understand that there is a certain awe and respect that you have to have for that, a certain running away to it from it. Yeah, And I'm honestly impressed by how a lot of Floridians do find that way to balance themselves with that season, with that much yeah. of a powerful storm coming down upon you. And another friend of mine, Janine was talking about how she's, really excited to start seeing like day-long rainstorms again big thundery ones too you know and she's out in the delaware area and honestly i need to make sure that janine hears this one because that's still something that does inspire me
1: yeah yeah these are things that we know well over here um, mm-hmm. you know i knew in living in beirut you know, we had yeah, there's this image of the Middle East as being all entirely a desert, and that's nonsense. Um, you know, Lebanon is part of what's called the Fertile Crescent. Um, you know, it's very green. It's, in Arabic, it's called Lebanon the Green. But there's this event that happens across the region called the Khamsin, which is this kind of dust storm. that hmm. picks up the dust uh, out of Saudi Arabia and takes it through Iraq And southern Turkey, where my people come from, turns it south down the Levant, the the eastern Mediterranean coast, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it winds up in Egypt. And so the Khamsin back in 2002, I think it was, is the one that I will never forget because... It coincided with a three-day thunderstorm.
0: Oh, heavens!
1: And for three days, it rained orange. (laughs)
0: What What time of year does that happen, Doc?
1: I can't remember. Let me look it up. It's been It's been twenty
0: years. Oof. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Spring into summer. Mm. From what I'm seeing here. Yeah. A a quick uh, A quick search. It's sort of just. It rained orange for three days, and then for, like, a week and a half after that, there was, like, varying degrees of orange on literally everything.
0: Yeah, because the dust is uh-huh. still in the air and everything. Yeah. And, and it's,
1: like, caked on caked mm-hmm. on the car windows, covering the, the, the shop awnings. Yeah. And you, you can't really do anything about it, is the thing. Like, you, you gotta just wait.
0: Every once in a while, you get, like, a, a big thunderstorm coming out. Out from and this is again back in Utah, you get a thunderstorm coming in from the west, going east, across Nevada and everything over Wendover, and it just picks up all sorts of grime, just dusty desertness, and then it just pours right on top of you. Yeah, your entire your entire car is now caked in dirt. You don't know how, you don't know why, but speaking more along the lines with the seasons here and everything. Around this time, and this again, me being mountain folk and everything here, folks. Uh, it's not uncommon to see snow. It is not uncommon to see snow in October. Yeah. And boy howdy, were there some, uh, were there's some Halloweens where I'm just like, uh, uh-uh. I guess I'm going as Neo from the Matrix because I need a trench coat. <laughs> Oh, the joys of being born male and not being male. Mm. Uh But, like, that's a thing. When seasons change, weather changes. Weather can sometimes go through extreme mood swings. There's a reason why it's like, in like a lion, out like a lamb, I think that's March? Yes. And March in its own right is a change from winter to spring. And now here we are again, changing from... Summer to fall. Summer to autumn. Yep. There's big storms happening all around the world, and, well, some of it is honestly kind of terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's not, uh, you know, climate change isn't making it any easier. <sighs> Screaming.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, like, with this, we have to try to renew the bond with the land, the bond with nature, the bond with the weather and everything, too. I mean... I'm in the Pacific Northwest, and there's a lot of ciders popping up on the shelves because, guess what, we have a lot up here. Apples. Yep. Apples. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the uh, gourds and everything popping up around here, too, pumpkin pie is starting to show up again. Mm-hmm. You start th- seeing things like your pumpkin spice lattes and whatever, and... All right. Y'all can have it. I ain't gonna yuck your yum or anything. Just <laughs> not for me. Mm-hmm. It's too sweet. And that's the thing, this is also a part of the whole changing of the seasons, the changing of the elements, the change of the weather. Yeah. Snow is coming, winter is coming, and that means that there's going to be different things happening. I mean, that's just kind of the big reason why we decided to talk about the weather this episode, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes, this is the time of year for it, Mm -hmm. or one of the times of year for it.
0: And it's not just the spooky season, folks, it's just a time of change.
1: Yes, uh, things are going to change, and, you know, that some of it is not going to be as easy as others, uh, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have to, we, it is not for us to ask for it to be taken away, just that we be made equal to it, like we always say.
0: Yeah, and there are, and it's okay sometimes to falter from that, to falter from being made equal. It's difficult. Like, I, I guess I want to just take this moment here at this time to tell you dear listener that you are good enough that amidst all this change all this weather happening amongst all the change of the seasons the change of the guards the everything that's coming up in front of us here you are enough yeah just try to take it one day at a time and because that's all we can really do on our end weather the storms enjoy the calm weather drink good tea yeah. and coffee and soda pop if mm-hmm. you're into it and be happy Try to find a way to make your happiness happen, because that's still part of being harmonious with the world. Anyway, I think that's all I got on my end. How about you, Doc?
1: I did want to add, for the, in the interest of you know, those who might want to hear a little bit of a different take on some of the stuff that we talk about on here i was interviewed by jane nakata of transformations with jane mm. her podcast uh it's, it's it's its own thing and it's you know it's not shinto focused but she had me on to talk about having found my purpose in japan and that day at osaki hachimangu in 2005. yeah um so that's that's newly up and we'll put a link in the in the uh, description and you can go listen to it if you'd like
0: hmm well Until then...
1: Yes, until then, where can they find you?
0: Well, so you can find me at fox underscore named underscore zoe at twitter.com. My pinned tweet still holds all my other information there, including my uh, telegram chat and everything. I'm also going to start saying about building my own website here shortly, from scratch. Oh, hell yeah. And what about you, Doc? Where can they find you?
1: Uh, At Riverside Wings on uh, Twitter, Twitch... Patreon, Facebook, and most recently, Co-Host, which is sort of a its a new blogging platform. I would uh, compare it to yeah. Tumblr and LiveJournal at their best. And I will be having uh, my new book, Confluence, A Person-Shaped Story, out on the 18th of November. But pre-orders are already up for people within the U.S. who uh, are going to buy the
0: paperback. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, I need to make sure I can get $20 your way for that. Just as a birthday present. Yay! Oh. You're right. Good, Doc. But anyway.
1: Anyway. So, on that note, stay curious. Stay in awe of nature. We will see you next time.
0: Later.